Hello, and welcome to K-Pop Sunday, brought to you by K-Pop Sunday before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Onyx, Min, and JR. Today we are continuing our topic about variety shows. If you want to listen to us talk about our personal favorite variety shows, please go back to episode 3 and listen to that. But in this episode we're going to talk a little bit more in general about different kinds of variety shows and things that we find fascinating. Onyx, why don't you start us off? As the old lady of the group, I of course am going to be talking about the history. But unlike other topics, this is going to be a relatively short history because variety shows have been around over a hundred years but they really hit television around the 1950s around the same time America did and they were primarily music based they even had music contests so that's not new um, the next biggest change was around the 1990s when reality TV was starting to be very popular in Korea unlike a lot of fields where idols have struggled to break through variety shows were never really struggled for them to appear on because variety shows always had music always had entertainment they were always just going hand in hand so when idols started being a thing of course they immediately got integrated into that now there were issues with censorship in the 70s 80s and parts of the 1990s but that didn't really stop them from being featured on there like even in the 1990s when Sotaeji and boys well 1992 specifically when Sotaeji and boys brought out Nan Arayo that was on a competition and even though the judges graded it down the public loved it and then obviously they grew into the big thing that we know them as today. The main difference between the 1960s, the 1990s, and now is that variety shows are either more talking, music, or they try to have higher stakes. Such as, if you get through this show, then you can enter into a group. Or, hey, this is a love variety show. Like, we got married and you need to see if you're going to work well together. There's more stakes to it and more drama, typically. Or shows such as Show Me the Money, where you want to win. But really, though, there's not really much else to say on this. Just because there wasn't as much conflict or controversy. Not a lot of extreme changes. It's just been, as people have had ideas. Ideas, they've been just trying out new things. An example of a high stakes variety show would have to be survival shows, which I can't stand watching. So, uh, Min, please take it away. Survival shows. I really like them. Though I feel it's important to say that most survival shows and competition shows in general are often already pre-planned out. Like all of the drama plot points are usually pre-planned out by producers before contestants even join the show. This isn't a bad thing. It's not a uncommon thing. It's just a normal thing that many people just don't know about because you have to be able to sell a show before you can even make a show. I just want to gently touch on the Protoss 101 situation since it's very recent with the whole investigation about rigged fan voting and manipulating scores. It's sadly not a surprising thing, but it is a very good thing that it has actually gotten into the light and a couple of days ago it was admitted by one of the producers of the show, I think, that there were some manipulating and it's very important to remember that these things are not the contestants' fault. It is the people making the show's fault. And it's very sad that a very big television show producer like Mnet has just made themselves so untrustworthy as they have done in recent 
days. So they have to work very hard to make anybody trust any of their upcoming survival shows. Well, the thing is that this is still a developing story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why we're not talking about it too much. Yeah, the thing with us, with K-pop Sunbae, is that, yes, we are keeping up with news and we look at stuff, but we more want to look at stuff as a full picture because with news you are getting parts as they come to light whereas we want to look at the full picture and say okay so here's what happened the full story here are the players here are the consequences here's the long-term consequences and how did this affect people outside of this issue and as this is still very new at the time we're recording it the full long-term consequences we do not know people are admitting to stuff stuff is coming out there are consequences starting but we do not know the full scope at this point so I kind of want to be a bit hesitant to say any more than that one thing to point out though is there have been reports that agencies were involved in this as well and we're not sure who that is but that is another thing that is floating around so it is not only Mnet they're not the only ones at fault here as far as we know but maybe we'll have a whole thing on that at another date when there's a lot more information Anyhow, back to fun survival shows. Um, in Korea, you have the kind of normal shows like the Korea's Got Talent and The Voice, which is pretty international shows now. When even my country has a version of them, it's pretty international. <laughs> but Korea has also spawned shows like Masked Singer and I Can See Your Voice, which has become pretty popular internationally now and have American and other countries version of them now, which is pretty cool. But the type of show that I was always more intrigued by are the shows that are made specifically to make idol group, not just like a general group, like the type of Produce 101 and those kind of show. I mean, like here we have a company looking for a specific group, like Wix was pretty much made with Midal. Winner was pretty much made with Win. Who is the next? A show by YG Entertainment. Same with Monster X. Same with Twice. Same with Pentagon. Same with Moomoland. You know, these shows have all spawned groups that are pretty big now. We're some of the biggest groups now. Which is so fascinating. And also, at least to me, pretty strange. Because that just doesn't exist where I'm from. <laughs> Do you remember, um, it's not American Idol, there's another show that Simon Cowell was on. X Factor. Yes, where that was, remember how One Direction was individual contestants and then they grouped up yeah. and became a group. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that that was intentional at the beginning. I don't remember if X Factor meant for them to be as a group, but I believe that that wasn't the case. Yeah, that's uncommon. I was only I, vaguely I don't into know. them. Yeah, I don't know. But that's still, I feel like, a bit closer. Yeah. My favorite concept for these shows is pretty much the 2018 KBS show The Unit Idol Rebooting Project. The point of The Unit is basically taking idols who already debuted in groups that just didn't make it and give them a second chance. And this resulted in the boy group UNB and the girl group UNIT? UNITY? UNITY? I think it's UNITY. I'm not sure. They both debuted. They're both great. Anyhow, this isn't the first time KBS tried to make a show like this. Back in 2012, KBS had a show called Last Edition of My Life, Let Me Know. And that show flopped hard. Like, there's a reason why KBS has not made a music survival show since. 
2012. It's because last edition of my life flopped so bad. It had basically the exact same concept as the unit has with, with a lot of idols who had already debuted but just didn't really make it and they were planning on making the top five winners into a group and let them debut. This did not happen. It ended up being a duo who kind of got to debut. It was made up of Zhang Minol from the very not well-known groups Ubes and also the group Wind alongside a solo singer called Len. Or Anna Len. I'm not sure it's the right Len. <laughs> there are many oh, Lens. No. Uh, they did perform a bit together but yeah the show just flopped oh so incredibly hard. And what I find the most interesting is hearing the stories about K-pop groups that failed through these shows because you don't have a lot of information about them because when a TV show flops, it just flops and nothing happens with it. You have the odd ones out like the recent Mix 9 controversy where YG just decided not to debut the winners of this. The lawsuit against YG got settled or withdrawn earlier this year. So that whole thing is pretty much over now, but I won't go into specifics because it's still pretty recent. But there has been many groups that have failed on these kind of shows that have still gone on to become very well-known groups. Like on Win, who is the next, Team B, team that just didn't become winner, joined Mix and Match and ended up debuting as Icon, for instance. FNC had a show called Dance or Band. That show spawned SF9, which is pretty big now. But the group that lost later debuted as Honeyest. They were the band version of the group, so they make band music. They're very good. But they disbanded. Did they? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. It was unfortunate. That was why I was so excited when I saw one of the members going around with N-Flying, because I was like, yay, they finally, you know, the boys get to go into N-Flying. But I was like so excited. It's like, yes, give those boys a new home with N-Flying. <laughs> Combine them. Yeah. We'll have a great group. But then it was like, nah, it was just for this tour. Oh. Don't get your hopes up. Did they have good chemistry and did they make great music together? Yes. Will you get to see more of it? No, you sucker. Don't you dare look forward to anything. <laughs> and then we also have IBI. I'm not sure if that's how we pronounce that name at all. But they're basically a group just made up of failed Produce 101 Season 1 girls. Which is also pretty interesting. Because Season 2 had a spin-off group from the contestants called JBJ. And they only promoted for, I think it was a year tops before they disbanded. Yeah. Another like survival show that just completely flopped was JTBC's Made in You, which I really struggled figuring anything out about. I don't think anybody won. I think the show was cancelled before anybody won, but I'm not entirely sure. But two former members of the group Two Eyes, which I really like, they made some cute songs. They also flopped as a group, but they were cute. We're on that show, as well as one girl from, or one girl who later joined Twice was on last edition of my life. They had a rough go of it, okay. But my favorite survival show group will probably always be the winner of Good Entertainment's Let's Coke Play Battle Shinwa. The group battle, because they very gracefully flopped. <laughs> <laughs> so let's coke play battle Shinwa, which is a horrible name was basically Shinwa's survival shows to find the new Shinwa members like Shinwa version 2 which always goes well yeah Shinwa has such a great track record with that yes and all the members were handpicked 
by members of Shinwell themselves, and, it, and the show was sponsored by Good Entertainment, of course, Mnet, and Coca-Cola. That's a sponsorship for a music show, if you've ever heard one. That explains Coke in the title. <laughs> yeah. And the, the show went on, the boys ended up debuting in 2006 with the single Crash. It did... Eh? They had a tour, they went to Thailand, they released two more singles. Second one was called Tell Me, which I don't remember at all. Third one was Step by Step, their best song ever. But right after the release of Step by Step, one of the members was like, nah, I'm out, can't do this, not happening. And then some of the other boys went to their military service and they were speculated that they would have a comeback, but it never happened. And Good Entertainment was like, nah, these boys have not disbanded, even though some are in the military and some have left the group, it's okay. And then in 2010, Good Entertainment just filed for bankruptcy and everything just died. So, yeah, they that was just not a good thing at all. But this year, in January of 2019, one of the members called Wee-chan participated in I Can See Your Voice on the first round, though he was kicked out in the first round. But all the members, except one, came back to the show and performed step-by-step with him, which was very wholesome and nice. And they could have been something, but they didn't. They just... everything was wrong for them, and it's very sad. And there's so many groups that could have been something big, but all of their surrounding stuff was just bad, and nothing happened. Listen to Battle. You can find rips of their MVs. I don't think any of their original MVs are still on YouTube. I think there's only like ripped versions of them now. Step by Step is good. Sounds a lot like Last for a While by Big Bang, but it is good. (laughs) JR, you're gonna talk about web variety. Yes. Will you please enlighten us? Sure. So I titled this little section The Rise of Web Variety, and I think the best way to start that off is by talking about YouTube. And YouTube used to be, and kind of still is, the home of ripped variety shows, especially the older ones. Oftentimes single episodes would be cut into 10 parts just to... uh, I don't I think at the time you couldn't upload a certain video length and that might have been part of this. But yeah, this can be difficult to find nowadays due to copyright claims. Um, but this also led to many agencies and TV stations creating their own channels and uploading things themselves, and I'm assuming that is to prevent rips from happening. But nowadays mini variety is kind of big on YouTube. Short videos and series are uploaded and a lot of the time this is with subtitles, which is great for international fans because often it's not only English, but Chinese and Japanese and any language really you can think of. Some channels that are doing this are Swoon, Picky Pictures, Dingo, One the K, although they often upload music videos, they also have challenges for idols as well as interactive challenges for fans that they can participate in and oftentimes win prizes from. So that's pretty cool. Besides that, actual TV stations have their own YouTube channels. Stuff like Mnet K-pop, they have interviews with idols as well as uploading M Countdown stages. M2 is their variety channel and they have ASMR with idols, HD fan cams, they do a relay dance where all the idols stand in a line and as the song plays they do a little a little motion or move or cute face and then they run to the back and the next idol comes up. KBS World is another one that uploads entire 
episodes of their variety shows such as Happy Together and Hello Counselor on top of entire dramas. And that's not just a single episode here or there. They upload entire dramas with subtitles, which is really cool. Another one is Arirang, which has Simply K-Pop, After School Club, shows like that. They have English-speaking MCs. Also, JTBC. This one is kind of funny to me because there was a YouTube channel called, I think it was Hinim 8, which was a Hecha fan channel, and they would compile clips from Knowing Brother and upload them, and they did very well with the views. And recently I've been seeing JTBC uploading these things themselves with English subtitles, and I think that might be part of the reason, so that they get the traffic to their page instead of the fan channels, but I could be wrong. I don't Even more recently, we are seeing idols having personal channels where they upload the content that they want to upload, and some of our favorites are Two Idiots, which is N Flying Soon and Jaehyun, and they do a lot of challenges, and sometimes they'll even bring in their other two members on and they're pretty funny and they're just made for variety so that's a great one. Akmu's Suhyun has a channel called Peach Mochi and she does a lot of makeup tutorials and vlogs and things like that and a few others are Amber Lou, Wayland, and Coco and Sori which were at one time the duo Coco Sori. They each have separate channels so and another thing that I think we should be mentioned when talking about YouTube is that YouTube has their own premium streaming and Big Bang has had a show on that and I think BTS has also had a show on that. Another big platform that launched in August of 2015 is the VLive app. I didn't know this but I was right at the beginning of it. I just kind of assumed it had been around for a while. I downloaded it probably right when it came out. It's a live streaming and pre-filmed content platform and it's easily identified by the bright blue background and the peace sign which the name V comes from. It's owned by Naver they allow the fans to subtitle the lives after they have been broadcast so that fans can come and enjoy them and know what the idols are saying. It's mostly K-pop groups, but there are a handful of actors that have channels. Not that many, as far as I'm aware. But they also have regular programming and they bring on different idol groups for each episode. Some that are reoccurring are Live V, Eating Shows, and Rooftop Lives. VLive also has an award show that is annual and the categories are Global Top 10 and Rookie Top 5. This is also a platform where variety shows done by the agencies for VLive are uploaded. So stuff like BTS's Run Bangtan and NCT Life are two that come to mind. There is also some content that is also uploaded onto YouTube. So Pentagon's Pentori and Just Do It Yo, you can find it both on YouTube and on VLive. And VLive also houses indirectly related idols content and what I mean by that are web dramas. Oftentimes idols are cast in these. I know that an April member, maybe multiple April members, I'm not 100% sure, and Flying, Uptension, and Pentagon members, they have all participated in these mini dramas which are often five to ten minutes long and go on for about 10 to 20 episodes and those are uploaded weekly onto VLive. Other content that just streams on the VLive app is Idol Room, After School, Club, JTBC aired Monster X-rays seasons on there with subtitles for fans. Another streaming site that people might not think of when they hear web variety is Vicky and Cocoa. They are mainly drama streaming platforms, but they do have some variety and re reality shows thrown in there. They're also a fan sub community 
and most of the stuff on there is free. I think Cocoa, there's a paywall, and some of Vicky's stuff there's is behind a paywall, but for the most part, they're free websites. And yeah, going off of the whole live streaming, something that has come up in recent years are Instagram lives. And a lot of idols nowadays have their own personal accounts, and so they will often go on Instagram live and they can interact with fans in a different way that we've ever seen before. One thing about Instagram lives are that they do not last on the app. Once they're on there, I think they can stay up for 24 hours and then a lot of times fans screen record the live and upload it onto YouTube where fans can either subtitle it or just watch it anytime they want. One of my favorite artists that often does Instagram lives is Sam Kim. He is not really an idol, but he is one of my favorite artists in the Korean music genre in general, so I wanted to mention him. He often just sits there and plays music and it's just, they're always really calming because he has a great voice and it's just, it's nice to listen to. But yeah, that is probably not everything that has to do with variety on the internet, but I tried my best. What's also interesting, once again, going back to me being an old lady and loving history, is that the whole concept of variety shows started as, hey, let's figure out a way to entertain ourselves. So at the time, it was live performances on a stage. Yeah. And then from doing it live, then it got into recordings with, you know, like the early movies, the, the silent films, and and the recordings that they have and then from there you got the talkies and you got all these different shows like it they left vaudeville and went to television and then we got like what we now term as variety shows and now it's grown 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 and with television then now we have it on the internet where it's accessible at any time and there are many different formats all at once from all these different types of people it's like who would you like to see tonight yeah we got all of them yeah and that's one thing i didn't really mention is that is a big part of how a lot of people got into k-pop they found these shows and stuff on youtube and they probably thought oh this is funny so they got into the group through that (laughs) Yeah, exactly, because for a long time, now I think I said this last episode, but for me, for a long time, K-pop I only saw with music videos. Like, I didn't see any clips Mm -hmm. of, like, live performances or anything like that. So when it came to variety shows, that was really a great way to get to know artists past just what what can they do when they're just filmed doing a set routine what happens when they just get to talk even if like there's scripts and stuff like that going on it still feels so much different Mm -hmm. like super junior they're very talented but I feel like they really shine on variety shows. Shout out to Super TV. That's great. Yeah, Super Junior TV is great. They used to have a ton of variety shows that were just them doing stuff. And every time they came up with something wild, just memorable and wild. <laughs> and that's not always the case. Like, there are some variety shows where, like, the variety show appearance is like, okay, that was an appearance. I found out about the band, but I don't really care afterwards. But then there are some of those that just, they leave you with quite an impression. I think that variety shows really help. And and this is more of my opinion, because I didn't find any research on this, even though I really looked. I feel like variety shows really help with retention, with making sure that people stick around, so then the group has a longer career. Like, they get more longevity out of being able to do more than just do one set routine. Right, right. So this was our short-ish essay on Korean variety shows. We hope you learned something and maybe understand Korean variety shows a little bit more than you did at the start of the episode. And let's roll right into the post of the day.
First up is the classic A-Pink ballad song, Love, which was released in 2014 and is very well liked amongst many fans. The other post of the day features Soren's Calling in Love, which was her second digital single. Please check out the full posts and honorable mentions for these posts on Kpop OTD2. Now it's time for the answer for last episode's trivia question. The question was, who were the first guests on Weekly Idol's first ever episode? And the answer is, it's a trick question. The three first episodes of Weekly Idol did not actually have any official guests. It wasn't until the fourth episode where Infinite became their first official guest. So if you answered nobody or Infinite, you're right. That wraps up this episode. You can expect two new ones in December. They usually are released within two weeks of each other, but that is dependent on how many weeks are in a month. So be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform to stay updated. You can find more of our content on our Twitter, at KpopSunbase, or on our Tumblr pages, which will be in the show notes. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.